Thank you. Morning, everybody. Such a privilege to be here. I, I feel like I've come home, you know. I was telling her I was just busy with the guys at the back here, and I'm thinking I'm actually just at home. <laughs> I don't mind being here. I really love it so much. You know, as we were worshipping this morning, I was just thinking of the incredible blood of the Lamb. And you know something God showed me this morning that I've never sort of seen before in this context is that we are made in his image and in his likeness. And we all have a concept of that. But this morning when we were singing about uh, the blood of the lamb, I was thinking to myself, he was the, the lamb that was slain. But we are the little lambs today under the great shepherd, aren't we? We are the lambs out there in the field. But he was the lamb that was slain for us. And uh, just to be so privileged to have a shepherd like that who cares for us. And, um, you know, I've brought my, my favorite little lamb with me. And uh, my little lamb is actually not looking too good. What do you think? Eh? I think this little lamb's been through a tough time. And you know, sometimes when we look at these little, this little lamb, you sort of think, my goodness, you look quite weird. But you know what? We all feel like this sometimes, do we? We feel a bit bound. We feel a bit battered. We feel like we've got a few plasters on and the, even the little tail's hanging down, not looking too happy. And the little face is not happy. The bell's not even ringing. And you know, when we feel like this, we think we are so much, we, we're so alone, but yet the Father is there and he knows. He's the great shepherd. He's the one that knows how we feel. And I'm going to speak a bit this morning about what condition are we in? What are we trusting God for? Maybe you're sitting here today and you think, you know, Lord, I've trusted you for such a long time for healing in this area breakthrough in this area and it's never happened what is happening lord what am i doing wrong and so often we get into condemnation about these things and we unpick and we have a look what is wrong what are we doing wrong and sometimes there are things in our lives that are almost unseen things unseen areas that can be blockages to our healing and i've had it in my own life where there's been stuff in my life and I've realized afterwards it's because I haven't dealt with that. That is why I'm not having a breakthrough in a certain area. The Lord never condemns us. Never. But he does convict us. And sometimes we need to hear the conviction of his spirit so that we can make the right choices. And I'm going to talk about a lot of choices today. But let's just pray and ask the Lord just to to give you clarity this morning and, and ask the Lord, even while you're listening, ask him, you know, Lord, is that an area for me that I need to look at? Someone blessed me so much this morning when she shared with me that she felt that God said she had to make right. After sitting through the teaching yesterday, she had to make right and phone her mom and speak to her. Do you know what that did to me on the inside? I'm a mommy too and I'm a granny of four grandchildren, five actually. And, you know, when I think when a child is convicted in her spirit and she listens to the Holy Spirit and she phones and she speaks about the things in her heart, that touches God's heart very deeply. And that will bring huge healing, huge fruit down the line. They might not see it right now, but down the line she'll see huge fruit in her family's life maybe in her own life. So, Father, I just come to you this morning, Lord, and I don't come with eloquent words. I don't come with knowledge. I don't come with anything else except for loving you, Lord, and the Holy Spirit's power in me. Father, so I just want to thank you, Lord, that you will come and you'll touch hearts this morning. You'll speak to people in the areas that they may be struggling in, in areas where they just don't understand and areas that they've trusted you, Lord. And fa Father, I pray that through the words that you've given us, Lord, that you will maybe just put some light onto their areas of concern, Lord. 
or maybe bring conviction, or maybe, Lord, just shed some light on, on maybe unknown areas that they've never thought about. So I pray, thank you that we are all sheep under the great shepherd. Every one of us needs a touch from you today. And I pray, Lord, that you will speak to us clearly so that we may understand. In Jesus' name, amen. So, yes, we, um, we can actually be struggling in many areas. When we think of healing, we always think of physical healing, don't we? That's the area we think of first. But you know that we can actually be struggling with um, blockages or even hindrances in our spiritual healing, in our mental healing, and emotionally as well. So what is healing really? It's actually the restoration of God's godly order. He wants our body, soul, and spirit to come into line with the perfect will of God. That's what he wants. Sometimes our body's in line, our soul's in line, but our spirit is not connected at all. And we've often seen when we pray for people, very often people in their soulishness, what is your soul? It's your mind and your emotions and your will, not so. So in one of those areas, they may be damaged. So spiritually they may be strong and they're growing, but they are struggling maybe in the area of their will. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So the thief does not come except to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus has come to bring life and life in abundance, John 10.10. And that's what we must hold on to when we think of healing. You know that there is life and abundance in Jesus. He's not just going to give you a few little crumbs under the table. He wants to give you life and life in abundance. We are very impatient people. I'm impatient, you know. So maybe some of you are very patient here. I'd love to learn from you. But you know, when I put something in the microwave, I sort of go, come on. (laughs) You know, go, go, go. I want to take it out and it must be hot. You know, I don't want to fiddle with it. If I want to send a message, it must be like now. It mustn't go off or dead or something. Are you like that a little bit? You know, and we are just so impatient in a lot of ways. You know, we have jet jet travel. Derek and I popped onto the uh, airplane, and we were here in a short while, and we got off the plane, and no hassle. You know, we are, we we instant society. Everything's got to be in and out and ready. And we start thinking that way in everything that we do. We were talking in the car here this morning. We had uh, got a lift here with two amazing girls, and... And the one was just saying, I don't know what we did without the GPS. How did we get anywhere? How did we find our way around? It's true. I mean, my grandchildren say to me, you know, you mean you didn't have mobiles? You didn't have cell phones? What did you do, Nana? And I thought, well, we drove from Namibia to Port Elizabeth on holiday, and we didn't have aircon in the car. We had the windows open. We had a couple of wet towels. And we had, uh, we had no phone. And, he said, and they said to us, but what if a car breaks down or you have a, a flat tire or something? You just handle it, you know. But we've got so used to, everything is at our fingertips. And when it doesn't work, when your computer does not work, what happens inside? Do you have a little bit of an attitude? I can see that, Liana. I know it. <laughs> but you know something? And all our, our advertising is actually geared to feel good now. If you put Radox in the bath and you have a bath, you're going to feel good now, okay? Even they, they, they'll even advertise life is not life without a BMW. I mean, it just isn't. And you start to believe these things, you know? And for only so many rands a month, you can buy your home, your dream home now. Just phone. There's the number. Just phone and you can get it. So the idea of instant healing, although you don't think it's in your head, can I tell you it's in your head? We actually think we can just press the button and God must heal us now. And sometimes we get very disappointed 
And we even feel God's let us down. Sometimes people will even say, I don't think God loves me. He's healed this person, he's healed that person, and he hasn't healed me. My daughter, our daughter suffers from rheumatoid arthritis. I've prayed for many people, and people have been healed in these areas, but she hasn't been healed. I struggle with that. I struggle with that. So I know how much she struggles with it. But it's not instant, and sometimes it's a walk of trusting God. You know, I believe that the word of God is true and that God does heal today. I really and truly believe that. Often unexpectedly. Have you ever seen an unexpected healing? It excites me so much. I was in Menland Shopping Centre in Pretoria one day, and I was just minding my own business and doing some shopping, and this kind lady assistant, she came to help me, and she was, oh, my back is so sore. So I said, oh, that's awful. How long have you had this back pain? No, 14 years I've walked with it. But she says, I don't sleep at night, and... I really, really struggle. And when I have to do this work, I've got to stand all day. We're not allowed to sit. So out of my mouth comes, may I pray for you? So she says, yes, I am a Christian and I've been prayed for, but I'm still very sore. So I thought, well, she said yes. So I laid my hands on her very quietly and I just prayed a very simple little prayer that my little grandchild could have prayed. And that was it, you know. And the next moment, she starts to scream and jump and run. And I thought, oh, my heaven, what's let loose here now? I don't know. You know, and I got, I was sort of hiding behind the, the jackets. I thought, what is happening? And she really, she shouted, but so loud, and ran down. And she grabbed all her friends, and they all came, and they were all talking in their language. I couldn't understand. And I was getting all perplexed and hot and cold and everything, so I, so I said to her, are you okay? She says, what do you mean I'm okay? And she's got this very intense look. She says, I'm healed. Do you understand that? <laughs> and I'm thinking, wow, that's amazing. I can't believe it. She said, but how can you not believe it? You've just prayed for me. <laughs> Woman of little faith. But you know, it's that kind of healing. I mean, it was really, it was nothing great shakes. I mean, I was just there and I offered, I felt sorry for her. You know, so God can heal. I mean, that so quickly and so in a moment he can heal. But other times you wonder why you have to walk such a long road. And you can't understand why God doesn't heal. And everyone asks that question. But I think our biggest healing actually starts when we receive salvation. I think we get healed on the inside of so many things when we receive salvation. This talk is not about salvation, but we have to say that that personal relationship with God starts off our whole healing pattern. And I think many people have said when they got saved, I mean, I know with Derek, he said when he got saved, he got like on a jet plane. A lot of things fell away, a lot of things. He still had to deal with a lot of stuff. But a lot of things changed. And I think there's a, there's a measure of healing that happens in our hearts that we don't even realize maybe until afterwards. There's obviously a part that we play and there's a part that God plays. So many people will say it's only if God wants to heal me that I can be healed. I don't think so. I think God gave us a free will gift of having a free will. He gave us that will to choose Adam had a choice. He knew what the right choice should have been. But he lost the battle with what? With his soul. The soul area just let him down. And what happened? We actually reaping some of the consequences now of his disobedience. You can't blame Adam for any sin that you commit, but you can reap from what he has done. Because there were many promises that God gave, but because of Adam's uh, 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 decision not to walk in, in, in the truth, we will reap from that. The will of our soul and the will of our spirit. Did you know that you have a will in your spirit? Now, you can, have, you can be in conflict with the will of your soul and the will of your spirit. Can I give you an example? You know, you're, you're, you might want to get up in the morning, 
and it's cold. And it's Sunday, and I want to go to church, and I'm, I'm really excited about doing that. But my soul area says it's very lacquer under this duvet, actually. I put off this alarm clock, and I'm just going to lie for a few minutes, not long, and I snooze off again. Who's won the battle here? Your soul. Your soul wins the battle, but your spirit is saying, come on, get up, get up. God has got so much for you. There's so much to do. Go to the church. There's, I want you to receive this morning. But the soul area says, actually, it's much nicer in bed. Pull the duvet over my head. The will of our spirit can be in conflict with the will of our soul. You see, our spirit should always be praising God. When we uh, read Luke 1, 46, it says, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Can I read it again? My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. When Mary visited Elizabeth, that is what she said. A free will is very important to God. You see, we can choose to love God or we can choose to reject him. But he's given us a free will. He did not make us robots. He will never force us. It's as as um, Leona said this morning, you know, he will never force a door open. But he'll give you the opportunity if you want to open that door, if you want to allow him to come in. He created us that way. Why? Because he wants to have relationship with us. He wants, to, he wants us to love him. He wants us to, to be excited by him. He wants that rewarding relationship. He doesn't want to just press the button on the robot and say, walk, and there goes the robot, and sit, and there sits the robot. He doesn't want that. He wants us to come with a free will choice and say, I want to love you. And we make free will choices all day. We choose to have breakfast. We choose what clothes we want to wear. All these unconscious uh, uh, choices we make. I mean, we choose on how to drive a car. When you get into a car, you don't think, okay, now I must put it into gear, now I must do this. It just becomes an unconscious thing. And God wants us to make godly choices. He wants us, when he puts things across our, our path, he wants us to make godly choices. Now, you see, when we choose to obey God, what do we choose? We choose life. And we don't realize how important that is. When we choose him, we don't choose him conditionally. We choose him in a way that we want nothing in return. If he gives us something in return, that's wonderful. But we actually serve him out of our hearts because we love him. There's been a doctrine around where you can name and claim and you can get everything because what you sow, you reap. I think God is a father and he wants to give us the best. And sometimes we may sow in one area, but we might reap in another area. And it's not, I don't believe in the name and claim gospel. I believe that God is in control and he will give us what, what he feels is important. You see, by choosing to obey God, we choose life. But there's also a process of becoming righteous. And all these healings that we're talking about often come out of the choices that we make. You see, when our will is not in line with God's will, because we have our own agenda, it's much better to do what God wants us to do and how he wants us to do it. For instance, we have healing retreats at Shear House in Pretoria, and we invite people to come, or people uh, uh, apply to come because they go through tough times and they come for a whole weekend of healing retreat. But, you know, you might have a guy, we, I had a guy on the healing retreat once, and, he, and when he sat down with me, he said to me, I'm not here for myself, I want God to sort my wife out. She has a major problem, and God has to sort her out. Now, do you think that he came there with an agenda? 
So in other words, God must now say yes, sir, and go and sort out his wife. No, actually he is there because God wants to put his finger on him. And maybe there's areas God wants to sort out there. So you know, very often we pray with our own agenda. And we expect God to listen to that. Timing is another thing. We want it and we want it now. My microwave story. We want it now. And God is saying, now actually it's not going to be good for you now. You know, we always wanted to come to Cape Town. We, we, we just felt we wanted to come and sow into Cape Town. And, and we saw a couple of people and some people visited us and okay, said we should come. But we never felt in our heart like a release to come to Cape Town. Until recently when God started opening the doors. His way. Not in the way we expected. It was in a totally different way. But we could question that and say, but actually, you know, God, we didn't want it like that. Actually, this would have suited us better. But in the long run, he knows the best. We cannot expect God to do anything that is not in line with his will. We can't expect him to do anything that's not in line with his will. So what is his will for your life? He also wants to build up. He wants us to walk in a way that our human spirit is built up. You see, if your human spirit, do you know that you have a human spirit deep inside of you that communes with God? Do you think God communes with you head to head? No, he doesn't. He's a spirit. He, he actually communes with his Holy Spirit to our human spirit. That is the connection God has with us. Not head to head spirit to spirit. But if our spirit, if our human spirit, the word says that our human spirit can be crushed because of the circumstances we've been in in our lives. If our, our human spirit is crushed, it's very difficult to commune with God because it's almost like this little, if you, if you can picture it, something crouching away, hiding away, feeling I'm not good enough to commune with God. And God wants our, holy, uh, our human spirit to be built up. Often when uh, we make godly choices and issues have been dealt with, we've got to allow a period of time that we can be renewed and we can be strengthened in who we are. Because sometimes we lose who we are. We lose the person that we really are with the issues that we've gone through in life. That's not a quick fix. It takes time to get so messed up. It takes time to be healed sometimes. You know, and often when, when you get to this place where you want God to start with you and the renewing and, and, and the loving and the fixing and the God wants to repair and restore, he is so loving in our lives. The enemy gets on the bandwagon as well. And he tries to come and break you down and tell you, the healing is not real. How often people will receive healing and then the enemy will, they're not even driving home yet and the enemy will say to them, you really think so? What about that pain? Or what about that? Or, and he'll inflict something on you. And I always say to people, when you've had a healing, declare that into the heavenlies. When you go, say, thank you, Lord. And when, when the text comes, you say, no, I don't receive that. Say no to the enemy. You've got a right. You've got an authority. You don't have to say, oh, yes, actually, I wasn't healed. Poor me. No. You've been healed. You've been touched. There's been a change. You've got to declare it into the heavenlies. Then another area is our personality. Very often, we can be very, very strong-willed. We can even be manipulative and controlling because we want it our way. We want it. We want God to do it our way. Our timing and when we want it and where we want it. And under the Lordship of Jesus, we, can, we, we, we struggle with that. Because actually, I don't want to come under the Lordship of Jesus. I want him to help me, but I actually want to be under the covering of myself. I want to self-cover. I don't want be, to be under his cover. So all these things we have, to, we have to think about. Blessed are the meek, Matthew 5, 5, submit to his will. I would like to add to that. Because meekness in God's eyes is strength. 
When a man is meek, he's not weak. He's submitting to God's will and he's excited about what God is going to do in his life. You don't have to be manipulative, domineering, controlling to get God's attention. When you've got a, a gentle, quiet spirit, is beautiful unto the Lord. Circumstances can often affect our choices as well. If you've had a history of being rejected, ignored, you've had no affirmation maybe as a child, maybe you've been dominated or controlled or maybe even sexually abused, the effect of that can be that I don't trust God. I don't trust God to come into my space to bring healing. So trust is a huge area that we have to open the door in. Because you see, if we don't allow God into those spaces, into the pain of what we've been through, it's going to be very, very difficult to receive that healing. Because actually, you are still standing under the control of the enemy, aren't you? Because you're not choosing to come free through God. You may even start uh, having very bad behavior towards people and God and no trust. You know, if you take the woman at the well in John 4, 9, I mean, she was just a total stranger. But yet when Jesus spoke to her, she trusted him. Do we always trust people or do we always question whether they can be trusted? If you've had deep areas of mistrust in your life, you must remember that's a banner you're going to carry wherever you go. It's going to be very hard for you to trust. That can be a blockage to your healing. If you think of Zacchaeus up in the tree, I mean, he was despised. He was rejected. Nobody wanted him around. I mean, he was really ripping people off big time. But yet, Jesus approached him. And Jesus said, Come down from that tree. I want to stay with you tonight. He had lots of people to choose from. But he chose the unlovable, the despised, the hated. Why? Because he looks at us through the eyes of Jesus. He looks at, uh, through the eyes of healing through the Father. And he wants to see us truly healed. Another area is we can be so passive that we don't receive our, our, our healing. What do I mean by that? Well, what is the opposite of being passive? Is being, it means actually not active. Because if you are active and you stand in the truth and you claim the truth and you speak it out and you, and I've seen with, with, with Raina and, and Leona, they, they, they're very active in their faith. When they go and do missions, they claim it and they go out and they say, God, thank you, you've given us this place and we believe you and we speak it out. You've got to be active in your faith because the enemy is not going to be active for you. He's going to try and push you down. He's going to try and get you to a place of quiet. God never made us like that. You can be a gentle, quiet person, but you can still be very active in God. You can stand up and take what he's given you. So that energetic abounding in action, not in your own strength, not that frantic, I've got to do it stuff. I'm saying I stand in the authority of Christ. And this is what God has said, I believe it and I'm going to take it for me. I'm going to take this healing. I want to give you an example. I was uh, struggling with migraine for many, many years. And I couldn't get rid of this migraine. And the funny thing was, every time I went to speak at a ladies' meeting or I had to go and teach somewhere, I had a massive migraine and I couldn't see. Not my hand in front of my face. And I used to get so mad because I just knew this was not of God, you know. And I would take these horrible Kafergot tablets that tasted like poison. And one morning, I was again preparing and I had this massive blazing migraine, and I thought to myself, I am not going to have these tablets. I even stamped my foot. And I walked to the toilet, and I took all the tablets, and I threw them in the toilet, flushed the loo, and there was pe other people in the house. So I closed the door to the bathroom, and I started doing warfare. And I just said, this is now enough. 
This is where I draw the line. I'm not having these tablets. I'm not telling you to stop taking tablets if you have to take them. Please don't take that home. But for me, at that moment, God convicted me. And I stood on it. And I quoted the word. And I said, no ways. And I said to the enemy, and I was talking very loudly to the enemy in that toilet. I said, now you get off me. I'm going to that meeting. I know I'm blind and I can't see. But I will see. Now you just get off me. Thank you, Lord, for my healing. And I got into the car. And as I drove down the road, I couldn't even see the white line in the road, on the tar road. Marakarai. And I'm in behind this, the wheel, and I'm driving down. And I'm telling you, when I stopped at the bottom, where the with traffic light was, totally clear. Totally clear. Totally healed. And since then, I haven't had migraine again. So, you know, sometimes God speaks to you and you actually have to get like a holy anger, you know. It must rise up in you and you must actually, that's what I'm talking about, not being passive. Take that thing and say, no, this is now enough. I'm not going to be messed around by you anymore. You see, um, we need to be also alert in the spirit because we're actually in a war. You know, when you watch, some of you may have seen uh, Saving Private Ryan the war is real. The, the war is messy. It's all around us. And some will not survive. But we've got to get to a place where we recognize there's a battle. We had a bit of a battle outside our door last night. I mean, Derek and I were up. He was up from 1 o'clock. And there was police coming up and down the road. And people were shouting and in and out of vans and running down the street and everything else. There's a war going on around you here. Do you know that? You're living in a war zone. I'm not trying to frighten you. I'm just telling you that's reality. War is messy. But you see, sometimes the will of the soul has to be under the will of our spirit. So what rises up can be fear. I can rise up in fear and think, you know, I'm not safe here. What if they break in? What if they come in and slaughter us or do something terrible? I can get. I can very quickly go down that little bunny hole. We can all go down that bunny hole. But what if, if my soul, if the strength of who God has made me to be, my body, soul, and spirit, can come under the Holy Spirit? You're, you see, you submit to the spirit and not to the flesh. Then the strength rises up. And you actually pray. And you pray with authority. And you say, no. You are not going to put those thoughts in my mind. So we have to be strong in these things. You see, when we change on the inside, it's going to reflect on the outside. Don't expect to change on the outside if, you, if, if there's turmoil inside. Because you're going to see it on a person's face, you're going to see it in the way they walk, in their demeanor, everything. But when you are changed inside, you reflect the glory of the Lord. And you attract the presence of the Lord. And people see you. They want to be with you. That's how I got saved. I was attracted by somebody who knew the Lord. And the way she was reacting to stuff and doing stuff was different to the world. And she was like a fragrance. I was attracted to her. And I, I actually said to her, I want an appointment with you. I want to come and see you. I want to know why you are so different. Tell me. That's how I got to know Jesus. We want to be the fragrance, don't we? We don't want to be a blockage. We want to show people that they can be healed. We want to give them, give them hope, you know, not just say, well, tough, you know, it's, it's your lot. You're going to be sick forever. So the process of change, we've got to understand, through Jesus, our spirit is made active to God, but we still have to deal with areas of brokenness in our life. And it can only happen if we cooperate with his will. If we continue to dwell, for instance, if your mind, say you've got an addiction that you struggle with, and you continue to submit to that thing that draws you all the time, whether it's drugs, whether it's drinking, whether it's pornography, whatever it is, but your mind constantly goes to that, and you give in to that. Do you think God is going to heal you? He's given you a free will choice. 
and you are in the enemy's territory, you're actually saying, I want to be there. I'm being drawn there. I like it there. I want to be a Christian, and I want to walk the Christian road, but actually, I don't want to give this up. Can you see what a blockage that is to our healing? We need to strengthen our wills to become like Jesus, to come in line with his will. And therefore, we've got to let go of our own strength. We've got to lay down all our own ways of doing things and say, Lord, actually, I can't do this. I just can't do it. You know, if, if, if you think of a plumb line, Derek, won't you just come and help me here? God wants us to be righteous. He wants us to come into line with the perfect will of God. And when you look at a plumb line, that is actually how God wants our lives to be, in line with him. God wants it to hang straight. But you know, our, our lives are not like that. Our lives are often like that. There's something that's not in line. And that is the part that we have to work with to bring our, li- our lives in line with the perfect will of God. And sometimes it's worse, sometimes it's, it gets better and better. And as we become more righteous, it gets better and it gets more in line with God's will. And sometimes we've got to see something to just click it and just to see where are we off course? What is out of line with God? Because he wants that perfect plumb line. He's not, he's not satisfied with that. He doesn't want that. He wants, and, and he, he works with us. And little by little, we come into line more and more. And I don't think we'll ever be perfect. Thanks, Doc. We, we'll never be perfect. But we'll, we're not Jesus. And we're not, never probably going to have the proper plumb line that we should have. But we can work towards it. Where there's a will, there's a way. The Holy Spirit will help us. He'll give us strength. I want to read to you a couple of things that you are responsible for. For God to create that time of healing with you. For him to come alongside you. I'm going to give you your responsibility, and then I'm going to give you his responsibility. But I'm going to give you yours first. So in my healing, I'm responsible for my responses. I'm responsible for my reactions. I'm also responsible for my attitudes. I'm responsible for my decisions that I make. We've mentioned quite a few of them here. And my thoughts. What is your thought life like? Is it a minefield? Or is it peaceful? Or is it in line with God's will? You see, on the outside, you might be looking great, but what is happening in your thought life? Is that affecting your healing? What about my behavior? When people see me, do they see Jesus? Do they see the way I respond to people? And the way I was teaching at Cheer House one morning, and, and there was a taxi in front of me, and he did all kinds of terrible things, and an old lady was nearly killed in the, in, in, in the bad way he was driving. I had a terrible attitude about it. And as I drove on, the Lord just convicted me. He said, you want to go and teach on these things, but, but just have a look at your attitude. And I realized inside of me there was something that triggered when I saw the way this person behaved on the road. And yes, there is a righteous anger and all that kind of thing, but I think I went a little bit overboard. We won't go into detail, but I really did. What about, do you think I'm responsible for my own sin? We're all responsible for our own sin. Can our sin be a blockage to healing? Yes. What about my my cooperation and my submission to God when he tells me to do something or he needs me to cooperate in a certain way am I, am I always willing to do that that's a huge part of my healing in all these areas if we're not in line with God's plumb line it can be a huge hindrance to our healing now I'm going to tell you what God's responsibility is 
his responsibility towards me is to convict me. He doesn't condemn me, he convicts me. But it's our responsibility to want to change. It's also his responsibility to cleanse me. We need to expose the sin that we're walking in, or the darkness, or the hidden areas. And you know what? He's ready to come and cleanse it in your life. He's waiting. He's so wanting you to be open. He's so wanting you to be real about who you are. People sometimes are afraid to actually expose areas of sin because of how you may be treated. Because people can be severely judged or they can have a label or they can be put down because of where they are. And I just sense now, the Lord just saying in my heart that we really have to ask God to give us compassion for people who have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And not to judge them, not to put them in a box or label them or push them aside because they have sinned. Because not one of us can put up our hands and say we've never sinned. And that sin might seem worse to you than, than your own issues, but it's actually just a bad attitude as, a, as bad as a, as a murder in God's eyes. So I think just to ask God for that compassion and love for people who have actually missed it. His responsibility also is to refine us, Zechariah 13 verse 9. It's a fine tuning. He wants to make us pure. He wants to refine us. He wants us to become beautiful. And where are you refined normally? In the fire. We want to be refined and we want to look beautiful, but we don't always want to go through the fire. But it's actually one of his responsibilities for our healing is is to take us through that fire so that we can be refined. That fine tuning, that being made beautiful and pure. It's also God's responsibility to discipline us. Now that word we don't really like. But if you look at Hebrews, I haven't got time to do all the, the scriptures, but Hebrews 12 verse 10, it produces a harvest of peace and righteousness when we are disciplined. Imagine that. A harvest of peace and righteousness comes out of discipline. And I often think when I've disciplined my little boy, you know, afterwards there's peace and there is righteousness. It takes a while and there's probably a lot of chaos in the middle, hey, Liana, but at the end there's peace and there's a measure of righteousness that comes into their lives. He also carries our sin, and that's so beautiful. We can actually roll all our cares and our burdens onto him. Our sin, he takes it away from us. If we prepare to part with the sin that we are involved with or that's holding us down, we prepare to give it to him. He, he carries our sin in Luke 4.18 and Psalm 103 verse 3, if you want to write down the scriptures. He also challenges us to, to live a life that is pleasing to him. He challenges us on every corner, and we hear him speaking to us. But are we actually following that? Romans 12 uh, verse 1 encourages us to live lives that are pleasing to God. And then the wonderful thing is he transforms us. When we hand our will over to him, he starts transforming us. And when you see people who have been transformed by God, it's such a miracle. It's so amazing when, when you see people who are transformed by God. It's like a different person, the way they speak, the way they handle things, the way they, they, they act, the way they operate, comes from a godly heart. And it's, it's just so amazing to see that. And then lastly, he heals us. Spirit, soul, and, and body. And once he's healed us, we never sort of 100% healed, I don't think. We don't look as bad as that, where we're really only 
little bits of us sticking out. But, but we actually become quite cute and fluffy. And, you know, the little bell rings. Maybe around our feet, this, our, our legs, we still need a bit of support. But actually, I mean, style a bit. You know, it, 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 look at the face. I mean, it's so cute. And, you know, you, you are so cute when God gets hold of you. Because you also his little scarpy. You his little sheep. And he wants you to, to look like that. He wants you to be fluffy and beautiful. And he doesn't want us to, to look so hammered and battered. And I really, I just feel this morning that maybe God has spoken to you in one or two of these areas. And maybe, I don't know, maybe he hasn't. You know, maybe there's some lies in your truth drawer. Maybe there's lies on the inside that you believe about yourself. Maybe you're skeptical about healing. Maybe there's unbelief in your heart. All these areas we need to look at. You know what one of the enemy's biggest traps are to healing is guilt and shame? If he can hold us into guilt and shame, boy, he's very happy. Because he knows that we can give that to God. He takes all the guilt and shame of the world and he wants to set you free. Maybe there's generational stuff that you're struggling with because it's become part of your whole family line. Everybody suffers from depression. So, well, what's my lot? No, you don't have to suffer from depression. God can set you free. We had a guy who came and asked for prayer and he came to Derek and I for prayer him and his wife, and they were in such fear because everyone uh, died at a certain age, early 40s in their family, and their son was getting to that age. I can't remember the exact age. And, and he, he was in such fear because he could see in the generation line every time a child became that age, they would die. And we started ministering to him, and we asked him, you know, why are you so fearful? What has happened, and what, what is in... And he said he was a mercenary. He used to kill people. So there was a lot of blood on his hands. And he'd never dealt with that yet. He became a Christian, and he, he didn't like what he did in the past, but he never actually dealt with it. And that day, he dealt with it. And he was broken before God about what, what he was involved in. And God set him free that day in a miraculous way. And his son is fine. That chain was broken over that family. But you see, when he was a mercenary and he killed those people, the enemy said, thank you, I like that, I'll have it. I'll bring it into your family now. And some people struggle with stuff that they're not responsible for, but they see it in their family line. And if you see that, don't keep it. Do you want to keep it? Or do you want to be free from it? Trauma is a huge area that we can be locked in sometimes. And we can't get healing because we're in such terrible trauma. And, and we've, got to, we've, we've got to give that to God. He wants to take it. So I'm just going to ask the Lord now. I don't know if there's anyone here who can play. And And I'm just going to pray and ask the Lord just to, to be with us. And if anyone wants to come forward for some prayer, you are so welcome. He's waiting with his arms outstretched for you. He wants to meet you at your point of need. Thank you, Lord. Father God, I just thank you that your presence is here with us today. And you connect to us spirit to spirit, Lord. And Father, I just know, I know, Lord, you've promised me that you want to set the captives free today, Lord. And some of us has just struggled with things in our lives for such a long time, and we've almost given up, Lord. And Father, I just pray right now that you convict us if there's an area in our own lives that need to be sorted out. Maybe where we are actually a blockage to what you want to do, Lord, and the freedom that you want us to have in you, Lord. Father, I pray that you will come by your Holy Spirit now 
thank you for your kindness and your goodness, your mercy and your love. Thank you, Lord, that you cover us now from head to toe with your love. And Lord, that you don't come to condemn us. You don't come to point fingers at us. You're just saying, come, my child, I want you to be healed. I want you to be set free. I love you. Jesus died on the cross for you, for every sin, for every iniquity, for all the brokenness, for all the damage, all the hatred. Father, I thank you that you want to come today and and touch us and, and heal us. If you want to trust the Lord in the area of healing, would you like to just stand? You don't have to share what it is, but if you really want to, I'm just going to pray for you from the front that that God can start the healing process. Oh, Father God, you see us, Lord. You see our needs. You see the areas that we we need healing in, Lord. And and Lord, you your heart breaks for us, Lord. Your heart breaks for what we are trapped in, Lord. And Lord, you want to set the captives free today, Lord. You don't want us to be trapped and muzzled. I just see some people have just not got a voice. You feel like you've got a plaster over your mouth. And God is saying, I'm taking that plaster off today. You have a voice. You may speak. And what you've got to say is so precious to me so precious and it's so important that you speak and what you've got to say has such value Father I pray for whoever has that struggle that they don't have a voice that what they've got to say is not good enough or not important Lord we just want to break the power of the enemy now we want to say no to the enemy right now any spirit of domination, control, manipulation, intimidation, you go now. In Jesus' name, you come right off. You come right off every single person now, yeah, who's been intimidated to the extent that their spirits have been crushed. I say no to the enemy. I say you will not have them. They belong to Jesus, the author and finisher of their faith. And I speak it into being now, Lord, that they will be set free in this area of intimidation, domination, manipulation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, that we don't have to come under the yoke of the enemy, but we are under your cover of love, Lord. The banner over us is love, and we come under that love, under that banner of love. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you want to come today and you want to lift off the burdens, the heavy burdens of sin that we've carried maybe for a long time or we we haven't had the freedom to share because we feel ashamed, Lord. We don't think we're so cool. We just don't think that people will love and accept us if we share that, Lord. We pray as they give this to you today, Lord, Father, that you will so willingly take it and release them of those burdens that they're carrying, Lord. The burdens of sin. Thank you, Father, that you have come to set us free of everything that we could do wrong, Lord. Every single thing. And thank you, Lord, that you are so willing to say, I forgive you. When we come in with true repentance in our heart and we bring it to your throne of grace, you set us free. And when you set us free, Lord, we are free indeed. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Sense the Lord uh, showing me there's someone who specifically um, needs to forgive your mom. I think it's a lady. Just I feel what's coming up for you is um, in yourself you're saying, I don't want to be like my mom. There's just a measure of forgiveness needed. So if that's you, you can also just respond and come for prayer. I think maybe just ask the Lord for forgiveness that you've spoken those words. Because the word of God says that we have to honor our father and our mother. Not if they're perfect. But Lord, your word says we must honor our father and our mother. 
And Father, we thank you, Lord, that you will set that person free now. Thank you, Jesus. As I was sitting there, I just asked the Lord, Lord, is there anything that you would like to to touch this morning? And uh, I, I got three words here. I just felt there was there was a lady or maybe ladies that have uh, problems with ovaries and, and God would want to touch there. And also somebody that's, uh, that has anxiety uh, for, I'm not sure what, for what reason. And also there was somebody with uh, a problem in the sole of their feet, or one of the one of the feet, and uh, maybe Lord would want to touch that this morning. Thank you, Jesus. You can just come forward if we can pray for you in that area. Derek will start praying with you. Um, Father, I just want to also just thank you, Lord, that when we've been in, in a place of shock and trauma, Lord, you were there in the moment of that shock and trauma. And Father, I just, I just sense the Father says that that moment, that <gasps> moment of shock and trauma, God is releasing you from that. Just put your arms up and just say, thank you, Lord, for releasing me from that moment of shock and trauma that I've been under. That was such a huge thing in my life, Lord. Father, I just pray that you come and lift off all the shock and trauma now. Right off the spirit of this person, Lord. Right off the spirit. Lord, that, that, that moment of, of huge turmoil and being out of control where the enemy just wants to come and, and put a heaviness, heaviness, Lord, and a fear. We come against spirits of fear now in Jesus' name. All spirits of fear. The Lord did not give you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And the perfect love of Jesus casts out all fear. We come against all spirits of fear now. All spirits of fear and trepidation come right off now. In Jesus' name, you come right off. You leave each one of us alone. Because God has not given us fear. He's given us faith to walk on this earth in the authority of Jesus Christ and we speak it over you right now in Jesus name all fear you leave now in Jesus name any fear that is attached, attached to any physical healing now to anything in the body that does not seem to want to come to healing we just come and we ask you Lord will you lift off all fear off those areas where the enemy has, has held people bondage Lord so that they may be healed deep on the inside. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for pouring your healing love deep down into our human spirit, Lord, in those areas where we feel most vulnerable. Father, will you just come? You are so kind and so gentle, Lord. You just come and you minister to us in such a precious way, so individually, because you made us, Lord. You formed us in our mother's womb. We are yours, Lord. We were cast on you from our birth. So, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that we can come into that safe place, that safe place with you, Lord. Father, I also just want to pray for anyone here who, who feels like they're not under a safe covering, under protection, Lord. And I just want to say thank you, Lord, that you are our covering. And Lord, where we've moved away from your covering and from your safety, Lord, I just pray that each one will make a decision to get under that, that place of covering with God again. And not try and do it on their own. Try and cope on their own. Thank you, Father. feel also the Lord is just saying that the love of Christ will dwell richly in your heart and make you whole. And if you've struggled with the love of God, if you feel that God loves everyone else and not yourself, maybe just say, Lord, show me your love today. Just come and permeate me with your love. Father, I just pray that each person will feel your love and experience your love today, Lord. 
Will you wash over each person, Lord? Father, will you wash over them from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet, Lord, with your love? All anxiety, all fear, all trepidation, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you will just remove all of that and that the love of God can cover a multitude of sins, Lord. Thank you that your blood is enough. You did it all on the cross, and you want to cover us today. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord.